My name is Summer. And my name is Nicole. And we are financial advisors. This is the He's Gone, But the Money's Not podcast. We have worked with many widows during our careers. Although we are not widows, we see the need for solid financial education before and after losing a spouse. We do this by telling stories from widows and our own lives. Hi, Summer. How's it going? Great. How are you? I'm excited for our podcast today. Yeah, me as well. Um, I Today, we are going to talk about money scripts. Um, I went to a conference recently and they talked about this and they mentioned that money scripts inform a lot of how we feel about money. They're often developed in childhood. And if you've developed any money scripts during a period of trauma, like the death of a spouse for many of our audience, those money scripts can be really hard to change. Um and, and they can be wrong and not in line with what you really value in life. So it's important for yeah. us to evaluate our money scripts and what we think about money um, in case we need to change them or also just help us understand like how, why and how we make decisions about money because money is not always about the numbers. It's often about your behaviors because if it was just about the numbers, it would be much easier just to learn all the financial terms and be better with money, but it's not that easy. Yeah. And we see this with clients all the time. I feel like we'll have people come into the office and they really struggle with, for example, holding on to their cash. They don't want to put it into the markets because probably for deeper rooted issues, like maybe they grew up when times were a lot tighter and you want to make sure that you had cash available to you, or maybe they've lived through, you know, a depression or a a recession of some type. And they kind of have these uh, lingering behaviors that affect them to this day. So it affects everyone and Uh, We all have money scripts based on our experiences and kind of especially based from how we grew up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have one client who uh, he was a saver to the extreme, like saving without a purpose. Like he like he'd save so much money, he'd save more than he needed for retirement, more than for their goals, and he wouldn't spend. And it created a lot of conflict in their marriage um, because the wife wanted to go have experiences and travel and do stuff with their kids, especially while they were young. And then he died. And she just felt really free after that to to spend the money, maybe a little bit to the other extreme in, uh, at first anyway. So I think it's important to know like, you know, what's informing. And I, I don't think we ever even dug into why he was such an, a, a saver to that extreme of, you know, not wanting to spend his money at all. And, and I think too, that your spouse or partner, if you have one, they can really affect your money habits and money spending. And so if you experience a loss of a spouse, your behaviors and habits are really now up to you. And it's kind of now all on your plate. And so those money scripts are really going to come into play and you might see them more clearly if you've experienced a loss and now all the financial decisions are on your plate. Yeah. Yeah. So today I thought you and I could share our money scripts, you know, what's informing us. And I thought it'd be just a good conversation to help people start to think about, you know, what kinds of things inform them and, um, 
you know, take some time to think about, you know, why you, you spend money the way or save like you do. Um, so I'll dive right in. Uh, I grew up on a potato farm and my dad was a very hard worker. During harvest time, he'd be gone from four in the morning until 10 o'clock at night. And, and then during planting, maybe not quite that extreme of hours, but off, but pretty long hours. And then he'd have the winters off where he worked closer to a nine to five job. But sometimes he, you know, with a lot of, a lot of flexibility to take days off. And so I feel like for me, as I've like thought about, you know, how does that inform who I am? Well, first of all, I hate having a nine to five job because I grew up that you work really, really hard and then you go play and you have a lot of flexibility, not a lot of flexibility, but just, you know, chunks of time where we had time off. Like during the winter, we would go snowboarding whenever it snowed, skip school. My dad wouldn't have to work every day. And if it snowed, we went snowboarding. So it's been really hard having a regular job sometimes <laughs> and not always having that same flexibility. Yeah. Where you just like work a lot and then take a lot of time off. And I think all of my siblings have seen that too, because most of my siblings don't have traditional jobs. They uh, have uh, work for themselves type jobs. And, you know, I'm a, and that's where I've been directed as well. I want to work for myself and make my own hours. So it's been interesting to see that as well with my siblings. Um, The other thing (laughs) I say is, because of that, it's not just the mindset of work really hard and then play really hard with just life. It's like with money as well. I think my dad works really hard to get money and then he plays really hard with his money. And so he can sometimes be a big, big spender and there's lots of different money personalities and he definitely fits in the money personality of, um, his money is for experiences and for spending And so I don't know that I was always taught really well how to save because you work hard for your money and then you go spend it. (laughs) And um, so it's definitely a different mindset. But I think one thing, it's interesting though that my parents have distilled different kinds of principles in different ways, but then it's helped me later. So we pay tithing to our church of 10%. And I was taught to do that from a very young age. And it's like never a problem to do that, to just, you know, that this is just what you do. It's just like paying your taxes and paying your rent or your mortgage. You just do it. And it's never been hard for you, never a question. Um, I have a brother-in-law who did not grow up like that. And it's very difficult for him to do. He sometimes like, and he's not a big spender. He's a super saver. So he just sees that as like not a charitable gift. It's like just a big expense that they have. Um, And I, even though I wasn't really taught well how to save, I do think I was taught though, like if you make something like this is just what you do, then it's easy. So I've done that with my savings. Like this is just what you do. And it's made savings a lot easier. It's like another, just, you know, it's just part of having money is that you also save. Um, yeah. Just like paying taxes. This is a, it's going to be a good uh, dichotomy for my experience. So this is good. <laughs> yeah. Well, go ahead. Talk. Maybe we should just mix it up a little bit. Tell us about your experiences. I think that's really funny um, that you grew. I think it's funny how you grew up. Um, 
learning to use your money for experiences. That's definitely something that I've had a harder time with. And I won't say my family never used money for experiences, but uh, coming from a different background. So I get, I have to start a little further back. So my grandfather was born in 1926 to a single mom. Well, his dad passed away when he was two from a disease. So he grew up with a single parent during the Great Depression. So his money, uh, like lifestyle and his money scripts were really revolved around saving and holding on to every penny that you made. And then he married my grandma who came from a very uh, poor family and together they had 12 children. So, so those money scripts, yeah, those money scripts passed on to those 12 children and my mom is the 10th. And so it's really interesting to see how money scripts can carry through generations and how my grandpa's money script especially has affected my life. So anyway, I grew up in a household with a dad who's a financial advisor and then to contrast that, my mom is like this Great Depression baby. We're like born from Great Depression uh, era parents. And so she always taught us to, to save. Like when we went to the grocery store, we always went to the discount grocery store. And all I remember from my childhood is that my mom loved a good deal. Like we didn't spend a lot of money on clothes and I remember being taken out of school early to go and get good deals at like whatever discount stores were selling clothes. And so that's kind of how I grew (laughs) up. But thankfully, it was really balanced out by my dad who grew up in a more wealthy family, more average family. And um, he really taught me that like money shouldn't stop you from doing what you enjoy. So he has a lot of hobbies. He loves to bike and play soccer and recently pickleball. And so he's always taught (laughs) me like he likes to invest in like good paddles for pickleball. Whereas my mom taught me like you should shop at Ross. So it's just this like funny (laughs) um, funny combination of, of, of both. But I've really come to realize that like money is a big focus for me from my childhood. Like I'm always concerned about the price. How much does it cost? Are we going somewhere? How much does that cost? Like how much does this experience cost? And so that's been a big focus for me is always paying attention to the price, but sometimes it's not always like super rational. Like if you make a lot of money, for example, which I'm not saying I do, but if you make a decent amount of money, like does it matter if the cucumber is a dollar or 75 cents at the grocery store down the street? You know, like sometimes like I guess the money saving mentality can be irrational because in the grand scheme of things, saving 25 cents might not make that much of a difference. (laughs) So that's kind of how I grew up is just kind of having that combination of total saver mentality and kind of do what you love with your money, but within reason. So hopefully I'm turning out a little bit balanced. We'll see. Yeah, that is a huge difference in parents. (laughs) I think for me, it's interesting because your parents were kind of educated on money and like how to spend it. And my parents were never 
from what I can tell, they didn't seem to have a very good, like any sort of systems, you know, of how do we, um, stay out of, you know, stay out of debt or how do we spend our money? You know, they were good, hardworking people and they always tried to do, you know, kind of what was right, you know, get your debt paid down, have good credit. Um, but there was never like a discipline there or like a system. And I feel like I was never taught that either, except for the, you always pay your tithing, which has actually (laughs) really benefited me in a lot of other ways, I feel like. And the idea of being generous. Um, I just, you know, my parent, how my parents view about money and them not having a discipline or a system, I think is a big reason why I wanted to be a financial advisor is because I saw them make money decisions without, you know, the, the education always behind it or the, I don't even know how to describe it. Just, you know, they would hear something on the radio or they'd read some article about something and they'd be like really excited about it for a while. And then, um, never, it wouldn't always follow through or sometimes it was, I wouldn't say a scam, but like, you know, those things that they're just trying to get you to buy their product or buy their class or whatever. And so I just remember thinking like, oh, you guys are doing all these different things. Which one is the right thing? And how do you stay disciplined and follow through on what you've learned? And it was just always a very curious thing for me. And I remember my mom bought this game called The Rat Race. And it's supposed to be like a game that also educated you and about how to get out of the rat race and like create passive income. And she was so excited about playing it, but I... I was too young. I think I didn't really like it, but I just remember always thinking like my mom was so intent that you needed to get out of the rat race. I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> and so that's what I decided to study in college. Cause I felt like it is applicable <laughs> skill for everybody to know. And so even if I decided to be a stay at home mom, I would still know how to manage my finances. <laughs> I really developed a passion as I studied this, that man, most people are just not educated about their finances. And, um, yeah. And it's hard because they don't teach you this stuff in school. I heard a joke once that, um, every time you get on an airplane, they tell you how to fasten your seatbelt, but no one ever teaches you how to file your taxes. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. And I, I agree. I feel like that's actually something I really pushed for when I was a student in college is I was in I was part of a club and we were pushing for the school to require a personal financial personal finance class for every student to graduate from the university. It hasn't come to pass yet, but that was something I was really working towards in college just because it, it is hard. And I think that money scripts, like I kind of mentioned earlier, sometimes they're not rational. And that's why it's so important to like learn about some of the just basic principles like budgeting and saving because For a lot of time, like I don't really remember being taught too much about living on a budget. It was just more of a mentality of like save and don't spend. But when you have a budget or like, I I don't know, it just puts a little bit more purpose behind it. Like I'm saving so I can go on a trip or I'm saving so that I can be comfortable when I retire. And so that, that part was kind of a hard or wasn't really taught to me, like the why of why am I saving? And so if you're just like living with your money scripts and they're kind of irrational or you're just like saving kind of with no intention or purpose or thought behind it, um, 
those can really affect you. And so like using the money tools that we have now and we have uh, using the money tools that we have, like budgeting and uh, opening investing investment accounts and preparing for the future can really kind of, <laughs> at least for my money scripts, like put those to use. Like, yeah, savings good, but you should know why you're saving and have a purpose, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, um, well, just to give you an example. So my dad's a farmer and so he has poured all of his money into farmland because, um, well, he bought out my grandpa's farmland and then, um, bought another piece of farmland cause that's what he knows. And that's what he does is farming. And all of my parents' money is tied up there. And if there was ever any kind of issues, that's all they're concentrated in. And my parents wanted to put it into a trust that we could never sell the farmland. And wow. oh, I, I, talked to them, I talked them out of it because I'm like, well, you never know what could happen in a few years or what you know the needs <laughs> of your kids are. Um, but you can put it as like your wishes that we won't sell. Also, from experiences with our clients when you try, like it would be a partnership, but I have seven, there's seven kids. So it'd be a partnership between seven children on this one piece <laughs> of farmland. I can just see it not going well, depending on how we yeah. all end up, where we end up in life. So, you know, that money script of like farmland is gold and it's, you know, super important. And, you know, my family has been farming in that area for one, two, three, four generations now. And so, wow. And that was so important when, you know, my great, great, whatever grandpa came from Germany and he came specifically to Idaho because there was land and putting so much value. So it's another money script and it's not bad. Like the farmland has become really valuable and it, my parents leave a nice inheritance because of it. But I do think my parents could have diversified their portfolio. And I see this with other clients who like, you know, my parents bought real estate and I saw that you know, they did really well on their real estate. So that's all I'm going to buy. And there can be real estate styles, liquid, um, cash, your cash flow can sometimes not be very high from it. Most of the value in land is based on the appreciation. So like for my parents, all their money's tied up in this land that they're just going to give to us and not enjoy some of that money. And I wish they would go enjoy more of it. (laughs) So, So I think sometimes being money scripts can also be in, well, this is what my family does. We invest in real estate. So that's what Mm -hmm. I'm going to do. It's okay to be educated and diversified in your portfolio and do something different than your family. Yeah, I totally agree. And we've seen that with several clients. If they kind of get like a little bit bent on something because it worked for their parents. We had a client who was like, I went and got a job with the government because that's what one of my parents does. And so, and I liked the security of it, but, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the right track for you. And a lot of the benefits that their parents may be received are being cut back a little bit and they're not as good as they were then, or they're not as good for this client as they were for their parents. So, Mm -hmm. so I think it, it can really affect kind of what decisions that you make, even the job that you have or the like you said, the, you know, the investment that you choose, we've seen that time and time again, it really does play a role, maybe more than most people realize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we just keep talking about, well, 
change your bad money scripts. There's also good money scripts, you know, good things you've learned. Like I mentioned, working hard has been really valuable thing that my parents have taught me. And when we were 12 years old, we had to start paying for our own expenses because that's when we could start working on the farm. Wow. And that's so impressive. You, <laughs> yeah. So if you wanted new clothes or new shoes, you had to pay for them and you had to go work for them. And so my parents have really taught me like, Hey, you got to work for what you want. And, um, you know, if you wanted to play soccer, I had to go earn the money to do so. And of course my parents were always very generous and would help us out if we were showing that we had made effort. Um, but ultimately they taught us that, you know, you got to stand on your own two feet and work hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. One of the positive things that comes from my childhood is the mentality that you should be mindful of your spending. Grateful for that mentality. It's helped me a lot. I've probably avoided a lot of unfortunate uh, turns if I had you know, made some unwise spending decisions. So I'm grateful for that because it's really taught me that savings important. And now I've just kind of uh, built onto that money script by kind of putting a purpose behind it for me. I have goals that I'm saving for and that's really helped. So you can kind of build upon your money scripts too and say, you know, this was good. Let's add to it. Like, how can I make it even better? Yeah. And I think we just talked to a lot about how education is so important and it's hard though. There's so many other things going on in your life to just spend a lot of time being educated. You know, another example is we have a client who she keeps oodles of cash, so much cash yeah. on hand because that's what she knows. She doesn't know investing. She doesn't know, um, you know, what else is out there. And that's what feels secure to her. She's very much has a mentality of, I need security in my life, but inflation is high right now. And that cash is just losing value with inflation. Now, of course you should always keep cash. We talked about emergency funds before, but, um, you know, deciding what, how much you should keep and then investing the rest or putting it somewhere to help you earn a little more interest is really important. And, I think education can help you start to feel more comfortable with the risks that might be involved with other types of investing than just what you know. Totally. Um, I think that I've seen that too, just within myself and within others is you, even though you might have certain money, like money ideas or kind of what you've been taught about money, you can always adapt and try something new. Like a lot, most people get grown up and they don't know much about investing at all. And so like you mentioned, Nicole, it's like good to dive into that, figure out like, what is investing? How could it help me? And, you know, is this something that I should consider doing because, or doing more of even because there's just a lot of opportunity there, um, that you might not realize if you didn't like grow up learning about it or if you, just all you know is putting your money in the bank. So there's a lot of doors that you can open if you're willing to like go and learn. Yeah. Um, let's talk about money scripts with spouses. Um, <laughs> so I don't know exactly. I guess I should ask my husband some of his money script stories after this. But the one I do see most clearly is a little bit of fear um, of not having money. Um. I think there was a lot of job changes in his family and 
growing up. And then he, um, he got home from a church mission where he was gone for two years. He got home right in the middle of 2008 and he needed a job and it took him a very, very long time to get a job. And he was interviewing like so many different places. It was really discouraging for him. And I think he'd seen a little bit of that with his own parents, you know, job searching and moving to find new jobs. And, and he's just already seeing it repeated in his own life. And so he just has this intense fear that, well, what if we don't have money someday? And whereas my attitude is very much like, well, you just work hard and get more money. <laughs> so we have very different attitudes about how much should be saved and where it should be saved. And, you know, his other thing is like, well, don't start spending a lot of money or have a big lifestyle because what if you all of a sudden you don't have money and you can't support your lifestyle? So I've kind of just been dragging him along with me sometimes. <laughs> okay, oh, hey, this is what we're doing. Cause I'm, I take care of all the money stuff. Cause I'm the financial advisor. And I actually I learned like I probably should be sh- yeah, sharing some of the responsibility and the budgeting. Cause it'd probably be good for me to get some of his, uh, we need to save and we could balance each other out a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, though, that makes sense. It's funny you mentioned that. My husband grew up, his dad's an attorney, and he has worked at the same firm since he graduated from law school 30 years ago. So to say he's had like a pretty stable, steady childhood is an understatement. His dad has gone to the same place for work every day of his entire life. So it's kind of an interesting, um, it's been interesting being married because his family like really prioritized experiences. When he was little, they decided they would go to every baseball stadium in America, sorry, major league baseball stadium in America. There are 30 of them. And so for 10 years, every summer, they went to two or three of these stadiums and toured them, watched a game. You have to watch a game or it doesn't count. I've learned that. Um, You can't count that you've been there. But anyway, so (laughs) they went to all these places. And my husband, Sam, told me, he's like, yeah, we would go and we'd go to the gift shop. And my dad would buy all of us swag from that team. So if they were like in Cincinnati watching the Reds play, that Cincinnati ball caps on and t-shirts. And I like can never remember buying anything at a gift shop in my entire life. Like it's too expensive, right? (laughs) So... It's just been really interesting to kind of see that he doesn't let like money hold him back. And it's really been positive for us in our marriage because like one time we were in Hawaii for our honeymoon and he really wanted to go snorkeling. And I'm just, I'm like, I can't justify it. It's like $150 a person for a half day. And he's like, if we leave and we don't snorkel, we will regret it. We will regret it. So he talked me into it. We paid the $300 and we went snorkeling and it was amazing. It's like the highlight of our trip. I'm so glad we did it. (laughs) But if if his money script of like, you know, don't let money hold you back wasn't there, we probably wouldn't have done that. Now, disclaimer, you have to use that money script within reason. (laughs) That doesn't mean you should fire fly first class everywhere you go because it's an experience. But I just think that's been helpful kind of to balance me out. And hopefully I've balanced him out too. Cause he, yeah, he just kind of grew up with, you know, go and enjoy wherever, whatever you're doing. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I think 
our spouses, we look at what their money scripts are, whether they're living or not, can really help balance us and inform us to maybe evaluate if the money scripts we have are wrong, or like you said, could just be balanced and less extreme. So we talked a lot about how our parents taught us our money scripts. Parents are really important about teaching us and sometimes just our circumstances in life. And women are the number one educator about finances in the households because they're usually the ones that are budgeting and spending the money. And so as women, it's really important for us to evaluate our money scripts and what we are teaching our children or pushing onto them, maybe not fully realizing what we're doing. Although, you know, people can always change their money scripts and heal. So don't worry too much about what you're teaching your kids. Just teach them some good, solid principles. Yes. So we wanted to just share some takeaways from our podcast today in hopes that whoever's listening to this can kind of, first of all, evaluate your money scripts. What? How do you feel about money? What has shaped your experience? And second... How do you want to improve those money scripts? Do you want to make changes? Do you want to make new money scripts? And like Nicole mentioned, third, who are you like, are you teaching other people and what money scripts do you want to instill upon them? So think about those things, a little food for thought. And uh, I think it can really help you improve kind of your relationship with money and the decisions that you're making on a daily basis. Yeah. I thought this was fun to think back on my childhood and all the great things my parents have taught me. And even the bad stuff, I appreciate those lessons because I've learned from it. Yes. And Cohen, your son will be a very smart little money man because of it, right? (laughs) Yeah, we hope so. (laughs) So yeah, I agree. It's been great. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you want to know more about us and what we do, visit our website, rockhousefinancial.com. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Rockhouse Financial is an SEC registered investment advisor and the opinions expressed on this show do not reflect the opinions of Rockhouse Financial or any other sponsors of the podcast. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.